fast forward a little bit. We're in 2012 down in uh, Tyndall Air Force Base uh, for Silver Flag down there, down in Panama. Oh, yeah. So, so what you got to say about Panama down there at Tyndall, man? You remember, hey, <laughs> what was, like when it comes to Silver Flag, like all the stuff that we heard about Silver Flag and how tough it was. Hey, the, the, tell me what your experiences uh, when it came to Silver Flag, man. So Silver Flag um, is a, a program they have for um, for the Air Force firefighters. You go down to Tyndall, um, and you're literally it's almost like a a fake deployment type deal. So you get right. there and you're you're intense, um, not like physically. I mean, I guess I mean I'm meaning like an actual structure tense, not like intense. Um, but, uh, and there's like, well, let's see, two, four, six, eight, ten, maybe 12, 12 to a tent. Uh, I can't remember exactly. That sounds about uh, right. Yeah, that sounds about So we, you got, you, you know, you got your necessities, but we were eating, um, what were we eating? MREs. <laughs> hey, hold Man. on for a second. I'm about to make a quick plug with it. Hey, Chris, do you remember what we was talking about with them MRE? Cause, uh, I'm, I'm just making a. Quick uh, pick at my girlfriend. Hey, Chris, you remember what you were saying about the MREs a few weeks back? <laughs> I'm sorry about that. Let's get going ahead, man. No, hey, no, some of the MRE, if you got the good ones, you got the good ones. If not, they were garbage. And you were just, man, your stomach is just, <laughs> and, but, but anyways, um, so it was like a little fake deployment. And we get there, and you have to, we had to set up our own uh, structures. We had to learn how to take apart one of the fire trucks for transportation and then that was it was a week long training. And at the end, we did it was like uh, a mass like we got mass calls. So it was like call after call after call after call. I think we did like 12 emergencies that day. And it was, um, you know, somebody got shot and uh, somebody, you know, you go got to go help them. And as they're getting shot at, oh, somebody else is getting shot at. So we had to keep people at one place and go to the next and it was just i mean it was crazy and and everyone talked about how man silver flag it's so crazy but i honestly think we had such a good crew um you know yes. that it made things fun and uh shout out to dero because he made that that's when him and i started clicking and and then we figured out oh hey we're all deploying soon so well, we, we might as well get to know each other, you know. So we we, we bonded. I thought we bonded yes. pretty quick. A lot of us did because uh, if I remember correct, um, I remember the, the color, you know, the Air Force Academy guys, which is you know the group that I came with. Um, yeah. um, I'm drawing a. I know the name of your base, uh, the Lewis McCord guys, which was you. Yeah. Uh, what? Uh, yeah, them. Uh, Grand for some uh, not. Uh, Bernard and um, and uh, big old beefy boy. If uh, yeah, you're gonna have to look up that nickname for that per you know, for that code name. Oh, oh. better yet, better yet. I'll just I'll just do his impersonation. That's all that's all we need to do with that one. No, 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 this, no, this is what I need you to do. <laughs> Here's what I need you to do. <laughs> it's a doodle. Yeah, that's a doodle. That's a doodle. <laughs> so, so him and uh, his counterpart from uh, Grand Forks, you know. We thought that they was going to be our ACs uh, when we got to, you know, got deployed. But uh, Mr. Dudu, uh, he he was an AC on the other shift when we got there. But um, but yeah, it was that group. Uh, it was uh, Whiteman with uh, Big Daddy V and oh, wow. uh, 
hey, hey, Macho Man, uh, I was about to say, you know where I'm going with that nickname. Uh, you know, that group. Yeah. Uh, who else? Oh, some of the uh, guys from um, McGuire. Some of them actually, you know, went the silver flag with us, but the other ones, you know, they didn't go. Right. They didn't go on the deployment. But yeah, that was pretty much that's pretty much every group um, that I could think of. And then, you know, as we got there, some of the other guys that was on our deployment, they actually they actually got to, um, you know, they, they went the silver flag separately because it was, right. you know, the, the other, you know, North Dakota based Minot, you know, the Minot guys. Um. Uh. Yeah. Cause the the to the McConnell guys out of Kansas, they didn't go to Silver Flag with us. Cause I would have remembered some of them characters. So you yeah. you know like the the other crew, some of the other crews didn't go to Silver Flag with us, but we got to meet a portion, a good portion of our deployment crew, and yeah. it was it was very interesting. We got down well, the guys from Colorado. We got down on a Sunday and we started getting settled in. They put us up in this class, and it was just like you said. The people that was, um, you know, the, the the people that was in charge of, you know, like whoever the AC was for like our exercises on Friday, it started with like a whole bunch of crazy stuff. I was fortunate enough to be riding backwards um, or, as, you know, backwards or tailboard. And pretty much um, to the people that don't know firefighter terms when it comes to that, riding backwards is the guys that's in the backseat of the fire truck. One of the ones, one of the guys would be back there to, uh, He'll jump out the truck and take the hose and put it around the fire hydrant. The other one is gonna gonna take the the actual hose off the you know off the side of the truck with the line that you actually put the fire out with. So I was fortunate to be on the engine for 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 Silver Flag and it made it a lot easier on me. But like the two times we got called, um, we uh we uh, went to work. Yeah, we we went to work. It was tired, but Silver Flag wouldn't have been bad to me if we would have had some more to eat than. Sh- crappy MREs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And well, and then carrying around those blue Smurf guns. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Got some Smurf toys, man. Papa's hey, if Papa Smurf and them was getting ready for war, man, that those uh those uh uh fake M4s would have been definitely been his weapon of choice. Oh but, yeah. But yeah, cause cause I remember like with some of the calls that the crash trucks like you was on that uh uh I was about to say uh that y'all went on, y'all was y'all was fortunate. Well, not fortunate. Y'all had it rough because y'all went to everything. From yeah. I remember y'all was getting calls on the flight line about some dude getting got impaled through his eyes, something like that, wasn't it? Yeah, it was some crazy. They had some crazy scenarios, but I mean, which which in all in in reality could happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. But they were kind of outlandish. Some of them, they're like, "What the heck?" I like this could happen, but so yeah, we went on a whole. I think I was driving. I was driving the crash truck. I, if if I don't, if I'm not because I've been there twice, so I'm trying mm-hmm. to decipher which which time was which. Because I I drove the tender one time, and then I was uh yeah it, the, the first time you had yeah with us. I'm sorry with us. You had to be drove the crash truck because uh the the two people that was on tender at the time when we when we was over there was uh your boy Hero Odero and then um. Our, our favorite sergeant, well, well, he was a senior airman at the time, getting ready to put on staff from your base. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, I don't give a, I don't, uh, I D G A F. He don't yeah. give a, you know. <laughs> sergeant, sergeant, uh, hey, go use your head as a wheel chop. <laughs> yes. <laughs> go kill yourself is what he always say. Go kill yourself. 
<laughs> we'll talk about more about that fool here in a minute. Oh, <laughs> uh, he was cool. He's cool, man. I still, I still hang out with, or not hang out with him, but I still talk with him almost on a regular. Uh, he's a good I dude. need to go to. I need to go down in Florida and see him, man. He yeah. ain't that far away from it. It'll be good to see him. But anyways, so yeah, it was him and D Rose. You know, D Rose Hero that was on Tanker. So yeah, uh, yeah man. Uh, they those two had the most laid back job out of everybody. Bar yeah. none. <laughs> well, yeah, it was it was it was I mean all they did was just go in and uh I mean I don't know if remember exactly, but I know they had to go fill up all the remember they drained all the pools and the and the um what do they call the bladders and they had to go fill yep. those up uh first thing as soon as we started. Go fill up the bladder so we can have you know, fire suppression over on this side of the base, and pretty much it was like a it was like a war games was the last day that we did. It was, it, it, yep. people were getting shot and planes were crashing, not in real life, but you know, simulated planes crashing, and we had to go and save people and and also watch what we were doing because people were getting shot at and all this other crazy stuff. It was fun. I I liked it. It was leading up to it. You're like, can we just get to the fun part? I mean, it was fun, but it was also hard. Yeah, it, it especially if you was on one of the trucks that responded to almost everything. You, your yeah. body got beat up, but it was it was interesting because they actually had like simulated explode. No, nah, wait a minute, they might have had a legit explosion because when we hurt, because like I remember hearing a couple of them, I actually felt it in the ground. Yeah, they they might have. Yeah, they might have. De- I, yeah, you know, as a matter of fact, I think they did. I think they just used some type of uh, dynamite or you know something. Because like we would hear exp- hear them feel the explosions, and then the next thing we know, um, standby. Uh, well, I don't remember if you know, like if it was a crash call. For, yeah. To those out there, crash means uh aircraft rest, you know, aircraft firefighting or rescue or something like that. If it was a crash call, you know, standby crash, standby crash, or you know whatever. So mm-hmm. yeah, it was, man, it, it it was crazy. <laughs> yeah, it was, but but it was fun, and then. Yeah. Once once that weekend once that week was gone, uh, we actually my the guys from Accord, um, mm-hmm. uh, there were six of us. We went and got a TLF, which is a temporary living facility. It was just like a house on Tendall, and we all stayed the night there, where most everybody else had to go back um, the to the city. tent and leave, get a cab to go from the from Tendall back to the airport. And we went and got a we went and got a um, a little TLF, and then we. Uh, we all went out to uh, Toucan, which was like the <laughs> restaurant, restaurant bar. That yes. Was out there. Um, yes, because and, uh, yes, because uh, at that time I I didn't mean to cut y'all, because you know at no, that time, right. uh, at that time, because we was ready to eat some food that wasn't MRE, so a lot oh, of us just yeah. overdid it. <laughs> yes. Mexico Beach, I, Florida. Yes, I think we had. I think I had like three uh, shrimp po' boys. And man, we were just—we had a good old time. Well, that was when. Did you? Were you there when my mom came up? Did you? Get to I believe so. I yeah. believe so. It's a vague memory, but I believe I remember when she came up. Yeah, there's a picture um, that on on uh, on Facebook of it was me and Kenny, and then my mom my mom drove up from because she lives in Florida, so she drove up. Yeah. And, uh, we got to hang out with my mom because at that time I didn't see her for a while, and. Uh, <laughs> and and that's and that's when that's when I got to know who uh uh Dempsey was. <laughs> I know you remember this story. I oh yes. When somebody came out and they were like, Hey, um, 
hey, one of your buddies is uh, passed out in the bathroom. And we're like, well, like, what? So we go there. This poor dude, man. And <laughs> he had vomited all over himself, all over his clothes, everything. And we, they were like, hey, can you go see if that's one of your buddies? I opened up the door and he looked up at me and he's like, uh, and I'm like, oh, no. And I closed it real quick. I was like, I don't know who that I was like, I, I kind of know who this dude is. So I went and got uh, Dero. And I was like, hey, man, <laughs> uh, your boy's in, in the bathroom. So and this dude had vomit all over. And they were just like, hey, get this dude out of here. And he's such a nice dude, man. He's yeah, super, he... super cool, dude. Mm-hmm. He was cool. Yeah, he was laid back, man. But yeah, I remember that. Like, man. I think since I don't drink, I was probably the only sober one out of everything. So I already knew how the Air Force is. I'm like, oh crap, I'm the only sober one here. So I gotta, I want to keep at least some kind of eye on these folks because I ain't trying to be held liable for anything these dudes right. do. Because I, I remember your boy up in that. I remember hearing about that. I'm like, oh hell, yeah, yeah. Because I show remember. Because I think I remember you came up because like. If I remember correctly, because like, you told D-Row, because it was like me, you, Kenny G. No, it was me, him, Kenny G. And then he was like, man, hey, man, I think your boy, man, your boy up in there passed out. Yeah, because well, they kept like, me like, hey, hey, your boy's passed out. And I was like, my boy. And I'm thinking, I, everybody I came with is, I see them. They're all out They're all out here. And then I go in there, and I'm like, uh-oh. I'm like, hey, you might as well get your boy. So he, he might have indulged a little bit too much on those adult beverages. Yep. And then, <laughs> and then you, then your other boy from um, from uh, from, actually out of your group that you you, you know that uh, I know you got some feelings towards because when he wandered around aimlessly drunk on the beach, aimlessly, yep. yep, he was um, wandering around aimlessly on the beach, and then this is about to sound wrong, but I'm about to go ahead and say it, and then you remember your boy from Whiteman, uh. That that, that 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 met the chick with cerebral palsy. Oh my! Uh, yeah, yeah. We was looking for him all night, and then the girl's sister was looking for her, and we put two and two together. Because at this point, we had to get back on base for we can, you know, just we trying to figure out where this dude went, and they and she was trying to figure out where her sister went. I mean, he eventually came back, but he he ran off with this chick. That has cerebral palsy. She had the crutches and everything, and and she was the the crazy thing is she was drunk and she was she had the she had the, the crutches and she, there was so much fluid on like I'm guessing alcohol and it was right by the beach so it was probably you know seawater and all that but she just I remember her kept slipping with her crutches and I'm like somebody needs to get her so she was drinking and she was mm-hmm. slipping on these things I'm like she's about to fall and bust her face or something. But you're talking about you're talking about well, what do we uh, we decided to call him Bob Blanca. <laughs> Am I right? Yep. Is that, is that yeah. that's exactly who that was, man. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we're not gonna mention any names. Uh, like 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 uh, Frank said, man, we're not we're not gonna throw anybody on, under the bus or anything. But we're, we're gonna use nicknames. Yep, Bob Blanca. That's exactly who that was. Bob Blanca. And then so, but Silver Flag was. Silver Flag was fun. I thought it was a was a good experience. And then uh, I think not not too far after that, we went off to deployment, right? 
about two and a half. Because uh, th- that week uh, of Silver Flag was like the sep- or like around St. Patrick's Day week of March, and we left our deployment April 9th, twenty. You know, like about seventh, eighth. You know, that weekend of twenty twelve. So it was like yeah. about two, maybe three weeks. So yeah, like right after that, we all met up in Norfolk. We tried to, uh, they know, try Some of us actually got the, you know, like kept in contact with some of the guys that we met at Silver Flag, and yeah. we went from there. We got over there. It was that that flight was so crazy that only time I really I think I moved even uh, I, was when we had landed in Ireland for a layover and they cleaned over the plane and refilled it. I remember that. And then we landed in at the base at Oman. Uh, we landed in Kuwait City and then we landed yep. in Oman to unload people. And yep. the only time I moved is when that plane stopped because I was up in the. I thought I was asleep. I might have been asleep. I felt like I was. I felt like I was. I just had my eyes closed for that whole time. I did not move. I barely even moved. I didn't eat. <laughs> I didn't do nothing. I was just ready to get there. Well, that plane it was like what three on the each side and then like yep. five or six in the middle. Yep, and three more on the other side. That was the biggest was, plane I've ever been on. And for the most part, that sucker was packed. It was filled to the gills. Mm-hmm. And then we landed. So we, I remember we landed in Ireland, got off, got to hang out in Ireland. We we were there for a couple hours. Yep. And then um, then we did uh, like you said, Kuwait City. And I remember getting off that plane, and it it felt like somebody just like had uh, two hundred blow dryers and just blowing hot air on you. You get off that thing, you're like, oh my god. And 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 while we're on the plane, you know we. I don't even remember how long that flight was. At least like twelve hours. Yep, that sounds about right. And, and you can't, you know, there's the small bathroom, so your breath starts to get hot. You you start sweating, so you want to like, you know, uh, what they call field cleaning. Take some baby wipes, wipe under your arms, you, your privates, and then yep. they're like, and then you're like, man, I gotta brush my teeth. But you're all doing this inside of a little uh, bathroom like they have on the planes. Everybody knows. You know, and you're like, oh, man, it's just, it's just super uncomfortable, and you don't know what to expect, and and uh, <laughs> it was, it was rough, man. Yes, it really was, man. It was, it was rough, but man, this is the thing. I, I this is the thing that, like, when we think about the military, that when it comes to abusing and just use their folks. You remember when we finally got to the dirty deeds? <laughs> we got over there to the dirty deeds. They was like, um, all E fours and below, get off the plane and start unloading the plane. Yes. Oh, man. it wasn't me. Hey, I got out of that some kind of way. I ain't moved. You lucky dog. Hey, hey, I don't know what the heck I did. I think I stayed out so far back that they had enough of them to, uh, you know, of us to, of them up front to unload. I'm like, Ain't about to, they about to make hey, the only way I'm getting off. They make me do this. <laughs> yeah, well, I think if I, if I'm not mistaken, we were sitting in the kind of in the back, so they pulled everybody yep. off the front first. So yep. that, yeah, I think I did a little bit, and then I kind of just like uh, snuck off to the side and was like, mm, yeah, it looks like they got it all. Yep. So, <laughs> so I, I did initially. I did it, and then uh, and then there was just not enough for me to do. So I just kind of like I said, snuck off to the side, and that was that. Oh yeah, yep. I, I I remember that man. Uh, had to, it man. Uh uh-uh. uh. I, I I didn't want no parts of that. And then <laughs> it was just 
it was just brutal like how they did us that 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 for where I was at in the in the part of the country I was at, you know, being in Colorado, I was nine hours behind at that time, you know, mm. from that time from the local time where we was at. And man, it is crazy. Like as soon as we got there, they basically start in processing us to go to work. Like, yeah. God dang, can we at least get here and get some sleep first? Shoot. I think we did, didn't we initially? We initially they let us sleep in that first day. No, they didn't. It was like we got there. We took a little bit of a nap because we got there at night. I mean, the very, like when sunrise came yep. up, we went to fire station three and started doing our stuff. Yeah. Okay. That yep. was uh, the rotation after us when uh, chief when when um when the when the good chief came there. And, you know, the yeah. re rotation that replaced us, he implemented to like let them get, you know, let them get situated in the dorms, give them a day to rest and then oh, bring yeah. them in. But yeah, man, you, you know, I was I, I, I was saying to be funny, like man, God, how come they ain't do this when we got here? Yeah, well, remember that uh, that fire chief when we first got there, he was making us do PT in the early early mornings. Yeah, remember that? I hated that mess. And then and then he ended up leaving because he was done with his rotation. And then we got the new chief, and he's like, no, nah, no, nope, we're not doing that no more. Yeah, new chief because he he was uh he was in tight with um. My yeah, at that time, my deputy that was getting ready to become fire chief, you know, back at, at the base and, uh, where I was from at the at the academy. So the system that new, you know, that good chief, new chief had implemented, you know, the 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 academy guys, we was already kind of, you know, acquainted and, you know, like we already knew how that kind of system and how he wanted done things done. So it wasn't right. that much of a burden to actually hit the time, you know, hit times and stuff like that. So, but yeah, man, he did, once he got there, he did change a lot of things for the good, man. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he was, he was a good dude. Oh, yeah, and man. Then, and then that, that deployment, uh, man, I remember we get off of work and everybody just sit right out and, or right before work, uh, mm -hmm. sit out there and we'd all be on the, we'd all be on the, uh, Oh, the Wi-Fi. We had them little pucks that we had in our in our dorms or in yep. our stacks or whatever you wanted to call them. And uh, and I remember that boy. Uh, uh, we'll just call him uh, the bird killer. <laughs> and, and he'd always he'd always try to give you a hard time, man. That dude was always always trying to give you a hard time. Man, uh, man, I can't wait till we get to start talking about him a little bit more. Man, but yeah, dude. But all right, yeah, go ahead. Uh, I was gonna say, but yeah, man, he was. It was him and a couple other like staff sergeants that wanted to give me a hard time about being on Wi-Fi so much. But man, I'm not gonna lie. It was a couple. That was before I really got. You know, you was hanging around with D-Row a lot, and then yeah. I didn't get to hang around. I didn't really make that many other friends yet. And that was going into the time of the year, like when my mama had died, and right. I'm over there. I'm I'm kind of withdrawn from people, so you know. The, what was helping me get through was like staying in contact with my folks back home. And yeah. that was like the main reason why I was, you know, just just using Wi-Fi like that. So they wanted to give me a hard time about that. But man, they, they ain't know my they ain't really know my situation. And then hey, the, the bird killer, the bird collector, man, bird man, man, he didn't. And the thing is, man, got dog on old Coco be well, with, uh, except with pigeons. He he was he was doing yeah, he was using it more than I was. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, he was running his mouth, and then, yeah, he ended up using it more than anybody. 
Exactly. But yeah, man, but like before they put it up in the, up into our little, I don't even remember what they called our little trailers over there. And I remember the area, like the compound was it, but I don't remember what they called our little trailers. But um, uh, I remember B, there was there was BPC and we were calling yeah. it the Better People Complex. Yep. And then I can't remember what I was. I our compact our compound was the CC the Coalition compound because you know you yes. had people from from like the you know like the British Air Force and Australian stuff like that. Logtown, yep. not. Optown was, you know, where we spent, you know, where you originally started out at Fire Station Two over there, driving the engine for, for uh, one blood over there. <laughs> yep. And you know, oh, and our man. good friend, the hero, was uh, your station captain. And then uh, I want to say in Logstown near the flight line, that's where Station One was at, where I spent, you know, most of my time. But like, I can't remember what we called our trailers, like the, you know, like the actual name for them. But anyways, like the stacks. Probably I don't know I I can't remember I don't remember that much, well I don't remember that but I do remember um you know like we would have Wi-Fi on the outside until they made the right decision to put it up and where we can get them all throughout the trailers because you know it was starting to, it was already like a hundred like right at a hundred degrees by nine o'clock in the morning you know that was in April going into May and it was only getting right. hotter. So once they did that, they kept us from being unnecessarily out there in the sun like that. <sighs> yeah, it was well, and and I remember the the heat there, man. It was hundred. I, I think at one time it was like hundred and twenty eight or hundred and thirty with uh, with a hundred percent humidity. Let's hey, since you since you brought that subject up, let's let's talk about that day because I remember two days that was like that. Because one of the days is one of the, honestly, is like work-wise, like the camaraderie crew that day, it was like one of the best shifts I had over there. Because the first time it had hit like 127 degrees, because we got like the little notice for black, black flag. Because at that <laughs> point, this was after like, you know, we're, we're going to be bouncing around a little bit. But I was at Station 2 at this time. They had moved us around. I think this was after the rotations and before, you know, this was after they had moved me before we made the rotations. But they had put me on tanker because I had I was in control of like the little emergency water supply thing. So I had to go out there and check the water levels. So I was pretty much working outside that whole day. And it was like one time I got to sit down and just look at the little notification come across the screen. It said black flag, a hundred and ambient, you know, the area ambient temperature is one hundred and twenty seven point seven degrees. Yeah. And this was in the middle of July, and I'm looking like, God dang. I'm, and I've been out here working in this crap all day. And later that night, this is when you was getting ready to do your practical for a fire officer one, right? Mm-hmm. Or what, what? was it your practical or was it a, a or a practice run? But anyway, it went. I don't remember. Did you all only um did your uh, eval like for your practical only one time or or was it yeah. just something? I practiced a couple times and then I did my my eval. Yeah, just the one time. I I want to remember I, if I remember right. That might have either way. Either way it went. Like I remember once we did your eval, I was on the truck with you. But that night, that was the same night of that day when it was like 128 degrees. Because I wanted to say we let our lazy we, we 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 let our lazy unknown friend of whatever he is the one that was all yeah. yeah. Uh, I was about to say, uh, God dang it! I'm, I just drew a blank on the word that 
Hey, our narcoleptic friend. Narcoleptic. Oh, yeah. We let lazy. We let lazy narcoleptic. He he was always complaining about like I'd be doing the most on these uh practicals, you know, for these people. I we look, you know, because we was up in the big bunks over there, at Station One. When he said, I gave him that look like I know damn well you just didn't say what I just think you just said because that was like the shift before. Because you remember when we was up in that 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 bunker when we did um your boy that uh that drank um like energy drinks and pre workout together, but never worked out. Yeah. I, we ain't came up with a nickname with him. So we was doing his five to one practical up in, on the flight line in this bunker. It was Wait, so are, are you talking about Sockenbacher? Yep. Yep. Okay. 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 Yeah, that's a good one. So yeah, we was up in that bunker doing his five to one practical. It was so hot up in there that yeah. I I let I let narcolepsy drive the truck, you know, for, for one of the things up on there. And I was up in the back. This is the, that was the only time in my career that I tapped out. Like it was just so hot that I told them, they, 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 yeah, they they pulled me out. And then like once I had caught my, you know, caught cooled off, caught my wind, I had wanted to go back in. But um, our good friend, uh, sorry, and I don't, I don't give a you know what. <laughs> he didn't let me go back in. He didn't he didn't let me go back in. But yeah, it, it came from then. And, you know, he claimed that he was doing all this stuff. So I think from from the work I had put in at that point, they let me drive that night that you did the uh, thing at the, wherever we was at in Logstown, like all the way out there in the boonies. So uh, wherever we was at, you know, I think that was the one where they smoked up that building that night and you well, passed. It was, it was over there. It was over there by the British compound and it was over there by yep. our... Um, our uh, warehouse. Remember where we store all of our stuff? Yeah, that's exactly where it was at. Yep. That warehouse. Yep. yep. So yeah, it was, they. It was, it was. It was in that area. The yeah. Building. So I think that night they they you know for, they let me to you know to catch my you know catch a little bit of you know of a break. They just put me back on the you know like controlling the you know the 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 the, the water the pump and everything. But I yep. was on writ. I was on writ too. But like when we was done that night. I was so tired. We was putting fuel up in the uh, engine for station two. I was so out of it that a, a good amount of fuel spilled after we filled up the tank because they was giving me so much crap after this. It was like, mm. this engine for a fuel report, uh, such and such amount of fuel in the, up, up in the, uh, for the truck, such and such amount on the, on the ground. <laughs> they gave me so much crap. But yeah. I was just that beat down. But yeah, man, that heat was no joke. And to this yep. day, I my body, I can, I don't. It's, it's very rare that I complain about a day being hot in the United States. The only time within the last eight years I really complained about it being hot was just like this past, this past summer going into fall when it was still summer. Like man, uh. Uh-uh. This being 100 degrees in September and going in October, nah, I'm not feeling that. That's the only time I really complained about the heat. Well, and my body, I think just from that, going from, you know, because uh, we all had uh, air conditionings in our rooms and, and mm-hmm. pretty much all the buildings, and going from, you know, f- uh, however, 50, you know, f- mid-50 degrees, and then going outside and, you know, having to walk to the defect, which is the dining facility um just from walking from our um our little area our fire department um bunk rooms or whatever you want to call them 
to to the defect. Just going from cold to hot, man, it screws up your body. It really does. Yes. Like I, I get weird. Sometimes I just get like crazy hot flashes. I know that sounds crazy, and people probably be like, "What?" And that's women going through menopause. But no, I'm serious. I get like hot flashes sometimes. We're just like, whoo, like a rush of hot air go through, or a rush of hot. It was like a bolt, bolt of lightning going through my body, and I'm just like, whoo, and I start sweating real bad, and it, man, it's totally uncomfortable. I get it uh, more often than not. It's crazy. Yeah. The thing, you know, like since you own that subject, the thing I really hated the most is like, you know, over there too with the, being in those tiny little rooms and then sometimes having random dust storms. Like I hated it when you know whenever my roommate for would leave like the air conditioner, it'll just leave that moist, damp, yep. just like yep. I hated that 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 feeling felt so disgusting coming mm-hmm. from work out of that heat. Cause I mean, don't get me wrong. I want my room cool. I don't like having, I don't like having cold air blowing directly on me, and I don't like that cold, moist, just like real damp, nasty, humidity, humidity felt coldness up in there too. That it was just disgusting if you left your air condition, you know, running for a certain amount of time when you ain't up in there, especially like when it was hot out there. Oh, oh yeah, and then if you if you left it too long. Then your pillows start to get all moldy. And mm-hmm. I, I, I think I threw a, a pillow out because my roommate did the same thing. He'd leave the AC on all the time. And then I'd come back and my towel's all, or my towel, my pillow was all, uh, you know, it just was like almost like mushy. And I, and I started to grow mold. And I'm like, man, what in the heck is going on here? But that's because you constantly have that moisture coming in there. And then it just, it messes up, messes up your clothes and everything. Yeah, it was it was disgusting, man. And another thing, speaking about disgusting, I hate that we didn't have indoor plumbing in those things, man. Oh man, having to go out in the middle of the night to go to what we call the Cadillacs to go to the bathroom—that sucked. That was <laughs> yes, and I was just <laughs> talking sucks. to this. I was just telling my girlfriend about that mess like last week when we was on that subject. But man. And for those who are listening and thinking Cadillac, you thinking something nice? No, most of them <laughs> Cadillacs weren't nice. They, 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 they might look like a Cadillac eye. Look, you, you remember those folks that be riding around in those old beat up like seventy or eighties like long coupe de vehicles with like the panel that was off the off the tail light all cracked up and paint yes. all dingy and just just if. if just envision most of those Cadillacs that we're talking about where we use the bathroom at, something like that. Yeah. So. And, and they didn't, you know, the they weren't built good. So no. they would constantly leak and the showers would clog it up. And, and uh, uh, you know, people people just didn't take care of them because they were like, you know, it's not ours. You know, it, it's it, it was sad because they would, you know, ruin the doors to the to the toilet so you couldn't, like, Use a restroom in peace because some of the doors wouldn't work, or take a shower because the shower curtains were all messed up. And I'm like, man, people, to you got to see how big a slobs uh, American people really were. Yes, this was way before that Rona started running around, and everybody just now acting like they discovering that hand washing keeps disease down. <laughs> Or the people that's going out and just all of a sudden buying all these cleaning supplies and like, wait a minute, y'all people don't have stuff to keep your house clean already? Exactly. Like, so, 
That was another right. beautiful thing about the military. You got to see like how some of the, you got to see how some of these folks live. And since we own that subject about people and just being filthy, um, oh, let's talk about let's <laughs> let's get into this one right here. Here we yeah, go. Your boy, your boy, I doggone I scream cheese, cheese it, man. Like, oh, man, look. Man. We we can uh, f- for us being in the Air Force, even though we was talking about how disgusting our Cadillacs was, it was a couple that was serviceable, that was that was that was passable. But right. don't get me wrong, I'm not a fan of using a facility like that because at least we got them. Because I'm pretty sure with the Army and you know like the people that's out there in combat zones, they would love to have it. So, but man, don't get me wrong, I didn't like using them facilities. But man, I was not about to go around like this dude. He was acting like he was scared to use the shower, and then you know, with us being firefighters, we was blessed to have, sh- we blessed to have showers in the station. So yeah. we had it a little bit better than like some of the common, you know, like the common folks over there. So man, it was no excuse for us to go around there being mustier than than you know, other than being out there working. We we had ways to take showers, right? So. Man, so tell me why we had a kid that was acting like he was scared to shower. This dude was so musty one time. Like, oh I kid you not. God. I was at Station 3 because uh, it was a little little virus or something going around where people was, you know, I, I, I went to the clinic to see if I was, you know, sick or whatnot, but I wasn't. I was just probably just exhausted. So I was at Station 3. Him and uh, his crew chief or whatnot came back in. And for those who don't know what a crew chief is, if you, you know, think about like the fire truck, the guy that sits in the front passenger seat, he's basically the guy that calls all the shots that's in charge of the truck. So him and his crew chief came in from like checking like the, the, the water, you know, like the emergency water supplies in that, you know, for their uh, response area. This right. dude was so hot and musty. It was so musty. He came up in there. His funk took over the day room. And then he had the audacity to say, man, I was, he had pulled out some Axe body spray and started to spray it over. And <laughs> I started to choke. I'm like, man, what are you doing? You can't do that. <laughs> man, we was up in there coughing and everything. Well, like, we complained on that dude so much. Like, hey, you know, we told him like hey man uh you know we're just gonna be blunt about this but you need to go shower and he's like i will i will and he's like i'm gonna i'm gonna shower tonight and it's like he was well i think he was 19 when, when he deployed yeah, see, wasn't he yeah he was 18 and 19 he was fairly young and believe it or not for everybody that's listening that uh just because you joined the air force this like this kid had no people skills he had no i don't know if mommy and daddy did everything for him but he was clueless as to what the heck to do in his life. And, I mean, this dude, I don't care what people eat. I don't care. If you want to eat like crap, eat like crap. I eat like crap some, most most of the time. Okay, maybe all the time. But this dude would eat macaroni and cheese with ketchup on it. And some people are going to be like, oh, that's so good. But it's like it was like the mindset of uh, a little kid. You'd only mm-hmm. eat like certain things. Am I right? You're exactly right. And and he he didn't have personal hygiene. He never brushed his teeth. He never showered. So we were we were all just gonna make 
big decision to just grab him and throw him in there, but nope, nobody wanted to touch him. <laughs> Man. So, it, I mean, it was bad. <laughs> There, there was there was a few people that were pretty ripe and and just I mean, I'm telling you as soon as you over there as soon as you shower you get out of the shower you're already sweating that's how hot it was yeah. over there so like you're pretty much just taking a shower to uh, not have so much filth on you because no matter what as soon as you get out you're gonna be sweating and filthy right away but imagine not taking a shower for all that time man it was I mean there was times you're like dude get up and go in the other room. You stink. And, and we had to start calling him out. And, and it was, it, was it rude? Yeah. But we tried to, we tried to approach it in a nice way at the beginning. And he just didn't want to shower. I, I'm like, how do you not want to shower? That's like one of the best inventions in the whole entire world is a shower. Exactly. And then to add to that and speak and, and another fellow that we're going to get onto here in a minute, his uh, team lead from his base old pigeon man, he would enable this dude's incompetence. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, with the situation I was in, I was driving a truck, and we're going to talk about how I got fired from the station when me and, me and Luska was actually um, – me and I actually drove for him, and he was in charge of a truck and vice versa. We're going to get more into that here shortly. But I know I was fairly new to driving. I was – you know, I've had my moments where I messed up. But this dude was so incompetent. But oh. his his pigeon man took up for this man, and pigeon man was the guy in charge of our shift. So he was the head honcho for out you know for Asia. So this man he would yeah. go to bat for him. Yeah. But like when but he, when I get, I'll talk about that here in a minute. But um, he would go to the bathroom, and we was telling him, like, man, don't you – you don't want – you don't need – no, don't let that man drive a truck because he is not mentally capable of doing this because we seen how incompetent – because um, me and uh, one of my uh, best buddies over there, got dog on Leroy Jenkins, we had <laughs> did, like, this shoot, like uh, – uh, we did a shoot of, like, just, like, like, like those wrestling shoot interviews and stuff. We had – put my camera up in a and shot for over an hour because he was just talking about how incompetent um cheese it was because he was saying like they had a dumpster fire over there at station three before they changed us over he mm -hmm. said this dude did not put on his mask but he was trying to shove his regulator down into his face like he had his mask on but he didn't <laughs> but he didn't have his mask on like that doesn't surprise me whatsoever it really doesn't Cause man, you could you could you, like I said, you could tell that mommy and daddy did everything for this kid because he had no clue about life. Well, I don't, man, I don't, I, don't, I don't know how he even made it through basic training. I honestly, I have no clue. Me neither. Me neither. But it, man, I bet it if you get, <laughs> it really do. But man, I bet you. But he'll talk. He he can talk to you about some anime, and then, oh, and then only other time he was. He would just really talk to you, just actually get social, like when you don't need him to talk. Because yeah. I was, I was up at the um the BX at the BP, you know, the Better People's Community one time on Wi-Fi talking to uh, somebody back in Colorado. It's uh, a girl back in Colorado. I'm just texting. I'm just like, dude, you just don't get it. Like, I I really don't care about this right now. I'm trying. To... Yeah. So. Yeah. Man, it was, and then it was so bad that when we did our fire muster thing towards the end of the thing, 
it was sept in the middle of September. It was still like 110 degrees, like where we basically it was kind of like a firefighter PT esque, yeah, thing. Challenge. But challenge for the base. Yeah, but it wasn't time, and it was more for fun. So mm-hmm. all of us was stanking, funky, oh, yeah. musty after yep. this was done. So we was up in our up in our little passenger fifteen passenger van called a limo going back to the dorms to go shower. So our best buddy Sergeant, I don't give a damn. He basically said this. So so this what it takes for us to feel like uh, cheese it. All of us <laughs> died laughing. So this is what it feels like to be him. I oh, mean, he man. just randomly said that out of nowhere, and all of us lost it. I remember that, man. We were dying. I mean, it, I mean it, 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 you had you had to have known that you stink. Like if if I if I'm doing something or if I'm at work and I work out, you know, it's like, whew, man, my armpits are stinky. Like I knew I need to go get a shower, but this dude didn't even bat an eye. He didn't even. Nothing, and he smelled horrible. Cause I mean, like, man, it's just it's just so bad. Cause like, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say a couple more things, and we can probably go on to like the next person. But like, it was so bad that (laughs) our boy Leroy Jenkins had said he claimed that he overheard this dude saying he ain't took a shower in like two days or something like. I ain't showered in like two days. I told him like if father heard him say that, I would have probably made him a bet. I told him I probably I would probably bet you a hundred dollars that I can probably go two weeks without bathing. And I still won't smell as bad as you. Yeah, amen. I guarantee you wouldn't. He was that. He just like just what he ate. He just like he smelled like cheese. Like he smelled like old rotten cheese. It was like come out of his pores. It was gross. And you think we joking when we talking about he like that cheese it that, that not that, not the cheeses but like the strange cheese whiz that's what I'm looking for yeah, stuff cheese. like that. We was me and a couple guys was playing like a joke with him or something. I had my camera out. I think I was recording because I had just bought this camera at the BX. He had took some strange cheese and some of this stuff got in my lens. So yeah, he we're not exaggerating about that. No. So so yeah we. So yeah, that's enough about old old cheese it right there. So, what's, what what what's the next amazing personality you want to talk about from over there, man? Let's talk about let's talk about Bird Killer over there. <laughs> Coco Beware, the Bird Man, <laughs> Pitch. No, not Pigeon Man. We'll talk about him next. Yeah. So, uh, we'll we'll talk about we'll talk about Bird Killer. Yeah. So there's there's a guy. Um, I'm not gonna say which base he was at. Um, but he, um, man, I was checking out, uh, the P24, which is our, uh, our engine and yeah. I'm checking it out and I seen this dude and it sits up a little high and I mm-hmm. seen this dude walk in front of the engine and then just like disappear. He didn't come off the side. Not that I was really looking for him, but right. I, just, I just was checking the truck out and I noticed that he walked in front of me cause I saw him and he just disappeared and he came back and he just had this weird grin on his face. And I'm like. I'm like, what's he doing over there? You know, I kind of right. piqued my curiosity a little bit. So I was like, hmm. And like five minutes, I finished checking the truck out, and I go out, and I walk around the truck, make sure everything was good. And I look over in the corner, and I kid you not, there was a – well, first of all, we had pigeons. These Flying th- these around th- the station. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The doors would open – or we had the doors open 24-7. So pigeons would come up in there, and they would poop, and they would make a huge mess all over the trucks. It sucked, and we'd have to clean it, but, you know, whatever. It w- wasn't that big of a deal. 
but this dude took it upon himself to try to eradicate these pigeons. So what he did, so after, after I checked out the truck, I went around, I looked, and there was just a, a dead pigeon on uh, in the corner of the fire station. And I'm looking at it, and I'm like, what the heck? And its head was missing. And I'm like, yes. I'm like, what the heck? And I couldn't wrap my mind around what, what I just was looking at. And I'm like, I know that was bird killer because I saw him walking. So I went to Sergeant, I don't give a dang. And I was like, hey, man, come out here and look at this. And he looked, and he's like, what the heck did you do? And I was like, no, it wasn't me. I was like, it was it was freaking bird killer. And he's like, are you serious? So he came out there, and he was like, hey, man, you need to go clean that stuff up right now. He's like, you know, that's how serial killers start. No, I'm right. not a serial killer. I'm not a serial. But this dude killed a lot of pigeons. And, and, and without anybody's knowledge, like, we would find them on the side. And we're like, how are these pigeons dying with their heads cut off? So then he finally fessed up that – he was throwing rocks at them, knocking them down. He said, because they were a nuisance. But I'm like, who are you? You know what I mean? This isn't your it's fire station. It, it, it's everybody's fire station. But who are you to say, you know, what goes and doesn't go? Right. So he knocked, knocked these birds off from the roof of the station. And they'd fall down. And they'd kind of be like, Whoa, and he'd go up to them, grab them, and just pop their heads off. Like, that's how sadistic this dude was. Yes. And I'm like, I'm like, man, you can't be doing that kind of stuff. That's this so weird. Yeah, man, and I can probably fill in some of the holes from this story, too, because this was before I got fired from, you know, being at Station One, because yep. I remember earlier that because it was a little bit after I got that camera I was just telling you about with Cheesy. So me and another, you know, another one of the one of the one of the guys over there we was out in front of the crash trucks and he actually had a pigeon on his arm. Like, you know, he took a picture and, you know, old boy was pointing at the pigeon. So yep. a little bit later. We was up inside of the stall, and I seen him had one in his hand, and he was, like, rubbing the head. So, and then that's when everything that, you know, that Nevio was just talking about with um, finding the blood splatter, because I think you had pointed out to me, you showed me the blood splatter, and we seen the feathers. And that's yeah. when, when Bird Killer was over there just trying to deny it, like, I ain't do that. Because I was wondering, like, how in the heck is this man catching these pigeons? How are they letting them catch them? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we was we was legit disturbed because I mean I'm I was over there chuckling, laughing a little bit just not too long ago about it, but cause, you know, but this dude we was legit concerned because I remember starting. I don't give a dang just flat out, you man that's some serial killer. We both even said that's some serial killer type stuff. And yeah, like, come to think of it, he do especially when he was growing his little creepy stash. Yeah. His he he does have the eyes of a serial killer. Oh yeah. He's, he's, he's a weird, he's a weird dude. Um, and, and, and even Sergeant, I don't give a dang was like, Hey, he's like, you know, that's how, um, uh, what was the other, uh, Ted Bundy. He's like, that's how yeah. Ted Bundy started. He started killing animals before he started killing humans. And, uh, dude's like, Oh, I'm not even close to that. Blah, blah, blah. I remember that. You're like, man, you don't kill animals just for no reason. Like there's something not right in your head. You don't, you just don't do that. Exactly. And then, man, um, hey, I got another another nickname. Another good name for bird killer would be um, Mr. One Up. I'll chime the, the, the hey, hey, I'll just go ahead and chime the Mario one one up theme. But he, he was a, that was another nickname for him, because anytime oh, yeah. anybody would talk about a story, he would come up with one that's just supposedly a lot wilder than the last. one. Yeah. And, and they was, were so they were so out there. And you're like. How would that? You're like, what? That is it. 
I remember a particular story he told me, and I kid these are I, I'll give you two. Uh, he told me he said my uncle um, trained circus rats, and I Wait, what? Up, and I'm like, wait a minute. I said first of all, I've never seen rats at a circus unless they were like underneath the bleachers or something. Right. Trains, Train circus rats. I was like, that makes no sense whatsoever. So we were like, no, nah, we threw out the red flag. No, nah, we're challenging that one. BS. That ain't. Yep. Nope. Not true. And then the other story. Same uncle smuggled in a whole Cuban baseball team, and <laughs> and trained them up as well. And you're like, how? Excuse. How do you smuggle in a whole Cuban baseball? Like, what are you? Where do you come up with these stories? It, it just, just baffling. You're like, what are you talking about, man? You yes, know? they were just weird. Like, you could just, as soon as you would tell a story, you can just hear, like, like the tone for him just one up and, like, Mario just keep going up. Like, he just got a three up or a five up. Uh, right. It's just... And then the stories were so out there and ridiculous that you were just like, you, you, you want to smack yourself in the head. Like, am, am I? Is this real life right now? Like, is this really happening? This, this is this is ridiculous, man. What yes. Stories of these. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Crazy. So, man. But, but yeah, and then you know he eventually got moved over there to station two after the rotation and stuff. You know, like when he was swapping everybody around. But right. he rubbed a lot of people the wrong way, including um, the walrus. That we, oh, we'll yeah. talk about him. Because uh, we'll we'll talk about, like, some of the calls that we had in a little bit, like, when we, yeah. what we responded to. But the next person that, that's on my hit, that's on our hit list right now is Pigeon Man. You ready yep. for Pigeon Man? Oh, oh man. Uh, you, hey. You ready? I'm, you said you were going to send me a picture of him. So, oh, yeah, get get ready. I'm, get ready. I'm You're going to see why. I'm ready for. You got, <laughs> <laughs> now you. Oh you un- that is classic, dude. Oh my goodness, that is hilarious. Now you understand why we called him Pigeon Man. That is so funny. <laughs> now you understand why we called him Pigeon Man. Oh, dude, that is that's good. I've so, seen those pictures, and that is hilarious. So <laughs> we we got many reasons why we can call this man Pigeon Man, but I I, I just thought of this one on the fly. Because this dude basically was a bird brain. He was, <laughs> he wasn't, to me, he wasn't the brightest crayon. He wasn't, he, he wasn't the brightest crayon, not the, uh, the brightest crayon in the pack. He wasn't the sharpest knife in the drawer, whatever, uh, whatever saying you want to throw in with that. Because it's, we thought he was going to be a good AC for a while, and then he just... I, I don't know what the I don't I don't know if it was all them cigarettes he was chain smoking or what, but but anyways, but to the people that's wondering why we another reason why we called main reason I called him Pigeon Man was because one of the first times I seen him seen a side profile of him, his his head reminds me of a pigeon and his big old nose looked like a pigeon <laughs> beast. <laughs> and then if if no. hey, if and then for you guys who ever watched Hey Arnold back in the day, do y'all if y'all ever remember that episode where Arnold had that pigeon that got sick and he took it to Pigeon Man and the people <laughs> thought it was crazy, he looked just like Pigeon Man from Hey Arnold too. So <laughs> that, that this is why we called him Pigeon Man. And for a while, whenever he would come around at the station, 
because I told my buddy uh, uh, Leroy Jenkins and a couple other people about it. We were making the pigeon calls because um, it was an episode of Dave Chappelle when they did like the uh, greatest wars of all time when they was doing one of the projects with Cornrow Wallace when we were making the pigeon calls. I, I was doing that mess whenever you come around just because... <laughs> That's so funny, yeah, man. this dude, Pigeon Man, he would, he would, the, the 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 people in the front office had to get on him because he would get up in the uh, AC car and just sign out. He didn't say where he would go on base. So it got to a point to where it was so bad that they, that the people, the brass had to say, like, whenever you sign out, you have to say what location you're going to because rumor had it that he had a brother that worked at the chaos that was on that same deployment and he would go over there and hang out with his brother while on shift. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, the one thing I'll say about pigeon man was he did, you know, he was uh, a lower ranking. He was the lowest ranking AC. Yep. So he, he got a lot of the, of the downhill doo-doo that, that, that flowed down. You know what I mean? So he got he got punked pretty much by the other AC to do stuff, and then yep. he he did what he could um, to try to go to bat for us. So I, I'll give him that. Okay, I didn't even know that. I didn't I didn't know that. I just thought he was a spineless character because um, yeah, I just thought he was a spineless character more or less because. Oh, what was I about to say about him? Because I, I think if I remember right, because he all, you know, for for a long period of time, he was always working in the front office. And yeah. this was saying his first time working on the floor in a long time. So his, yep. you know, his skills wasn't up to par right. with everybody else. And and then um, I'll go ahead. Well, now I'll touch on that when we get to talking about like how I got fired and all that, because it was mainly his decision. But we'll talk about that here in a minute. Um but yeah, man, he was just he didn't he didn't fit in he didn't fit in with the culture and with the boys as like when you know like with the, with the guys in wrestling when they say with the boys he didn't really fit in it with us because one time he had to ride this is one of the funniest stories when we was out there we we he had rolled back to the to the dorms with us in, in the limo with us this is the only time I remember him doing this and we you know we always you know it'll be certain days like if we was in a good mood. We would just go in on each other, just throw all kinds of just like jokes from anything from lighthearted to straight up savage. So yeah. he was just up in there looking all dumbfounded, it's like, well, y'all are very mean to each other. So yeah, <laughs> our, our, our boy, our boy, sorry, I don't give a you know what, man. He came up and said, oh yeah, just imagine what we say about you behind your back. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> he was over there chuckling like, <laughs> no, nah, I'm, 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 I'm for real. Yeah. You should just. <laughs> Man, we died laughing because because <laughs> that's what we went in on him because because oh, that man. was like a few people actually knew about the pigeon pigeon man moniker and everything. So <laughs> man, we did not care. We went we went to man. We just went to we teed off on each other on the, especially on the bus because hey man, do you? I think that might have been not that that wasn't the same day, but you remember this day that we had over there when we was coming back from work. Man, uh, TLC Waterfalls came came on, and we were singing and jump back to the, going back to the to the trailer to the dorms. Man, yes, 
Man, that was one of the funniest days over there, man. Uh, <laughs> hey, a bunch of grown, hey, <laughs> uh, 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 a bunch of grown men up in there just singing that song. <laughs> that was one of the funniest moments. <laughs> <laughs> of the, just, out, for all y'all out there, just picture a bunch of a bunch of firefighters up in one area just goofing off, just singing that song. That man. Well, that was, and what people don't realize is the fire department is a completely different culture from anywhere you've ever been. Yep. Com- completely different. I mean, if you do not have thick skin, you will get eaten alive, chewed up, spit out, and it- it- it'll suck. Your life will, will suck. If you don't, if you don't uh, like I said, if you don't have thick skin and you don't go in there, and you're going to have to fire back. If you don't fire back, then it's just gonna keep happening and keep happening and keep happening. Yeah, right. You're right, man. Cause, uh, cause over there, my soup was uh, Ball Blanca, man. So yeah. he was, I think he was a a a hole just to be one. Cause I think, yeah. cause I know I'm a I'm a a hole, but I like to throw jokes and have a little bit of fun. I'm a fun one, but I don't really just go out of my way being mean to people. So yeah. this dude, one time he gonna try to joke with me and say. Hey Franklin, can I uh, can I body slam you over there onto um, it was like a uh, like a some 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 plywood boxes or something out there at station one near the flight line or something? I was like, yeah, as long as you let me run you over with the fire truck first. <laughs> Cause I didn't say nothing to this man. I didn't bother him. I was just minding my business. You gonna come over here and say something like that, man? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. You can do it. I just want to run you over with the fire truck first. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then it was another time. Well, well, I'm well. This joke right here ties into. We'll go ahead and segue to like when I got fired, and then I'm gonna tell that joke too. Like since it was a thick skin, you know, you gotta have thick skin with good and the bad. So right. the reason I got fired was one of the days over there. <laughs> well, before then, um, we had went on an in-flight emergency call, and we had to make a reverse. And I had actually like one of the wheels of the big old fire truck we was in had clipped. Oh man, we ain't even get, to, but yeah, we ain't even get to talk about Big Daddy V. He was my crew chief, and this dude was just, uh, he was just lazy. It was like I pretty much had to do all the work myself, pretty much before they moved me off his truck, and he put a guy that was from his base on that truck. So like in the mornings, he would play, he was station captain, but he would stay stuck in that office. I would have to tell the guys on the other shift like. Oh, we filled this truck up. We had this call. We had this in third. But anyways, on this call I was with him, I had crushed a runway light by accident. Yep, I remember so, that. So, you know, that passed. But the incident that really just put it over the top, it was a day we was out there on the flight line. We had no business out there because the wind was just howling. And I was, was still skinny bad. at the time. Yeah, if I was, I was still skinny at the time. So if, I, if my clothes was big, I would have got blown away. Yep. So... We got there. We was checking out those uh, hal- halogen. Fire- I can't remember oh, those. those, them, those oh. Yeah, those halon fire fire extinguishers. So, man, those those big hundred and fifty pound things. So, anyways, we was out there checking those out. And <laughs> goddamn, and you were, you this were was driving. yes, I was driving for Lustica at the time because at that time they put me on the truck with him, and we would rotate out who would drive and who would be the one in charge, who would be crew chief. So that day I was driving, we pulled up to the extinguisher. God doggone gust of wind blew so doggone hard. I mean, it was like, boom, boom. 
Boom! Our doggone glass from the uh, from the driver's side door of the truck shattered. I mean, just shattered. It caught us off like God, like man, what the world just happened? So, wait, real oh, quick. I, I remember looking. I I remember we looked over at each other like, oh my gosh, like what what are we supposed to do? I've never had this happen before. But it, right. it wasn't it wasn't funny at the time. It was just like, oh no. Like, what are we supposed to do? You think about it now, man. It is hilarious. Yes. Funny. But yes. Like, so we did that. So we just went on and told him, like, hey, the wind caught this door, shattered glass. So that's when they just they told us to take it to the farm. That's what they call the mechanic shop where take all our broke down trucks over there. And it's pretty much like buying the farm because they never really fixed anything. So. Yeah, they we, we took it over there and we had to ride around in one of the crappy P-19s. So, about like a shift or two later, I get called up into like the day room and saying, uh, Franklin, we're going to move you to station two and you're going to ride backwards. And I'm like, what? I'm thinking like, what? The, okay. Um, so, that's why I really lost respect for Pigeon, man, because he could have told, if they was going to fire me, he could have told me, he could have called me to his office and told me that they was going to do that because of that situation. But to me, it's not like I, I mean, the runway thing, that one sucked. That was my fault. You know, I, I can take the blame for that one. Yeah, but, but I they, mean, we, we didn't know that that was going to happen. Right, exactly. Like with the glass situation, what, what I felt like what got me fired was like, man, we had no business on that flight line. And after we got back, because like that's when they just decided to go back to the station after that. It was yeah. like. It was right. like, okay, we, we, we yep. shouldn't have been out there anyway. So, mm-hmm. so that, like, like, sorry, now I don't give a damn told me. He was like, man, you got fired and, hi- and rehired. Hey, you got fired and rehired in the same day. I couldn't do nothing. But I was able to eventually laugh, but I was yep. kind of down in the dumps. But he was so right that that was a blessing that I got moved from station one to station two. Because when they did the rotations... They just moved me up there to be a driver over there, which was hell of his own because of the guy that was crew chief. You know, that was crew chief. Yeah. Um, but it was so much better than being at Station One, and then I got to be around dog on Leroy Jenkins and all that. But it was it it made me mad that he didn't have the guts to. He he wasn't man he, for me to me. He didn't he wasn't man enough to come and tell me right before you know that I found out in front of everybody else. Right. And, you know, I asked, oh, oh, he, you know, when, when, when your boy Hero was over there at Station 2, you know, when he was still station captain over there, I was like, man, right. y'all hear anything about why he did that? And, you know, I think I got some BS answer, but right. that, that, you know, it just, it just rolled me the wrong way. And I never looked at him the same again. But, and like one of the jokes was from one of the guys over there on the other shift. We was over there, me and, um, oh boy, um, Leroy Jenkins went over there to station one on our day off. We was up in there with that's a doodle. Got doggone. <laughs> that's a doodle. I, I was to say I was I was about to say prime beef up in there. We was <laughs> over there just talking and just talking, just throwing jokes about uh narcolepsy and about how lazy he is. Oh, and man. and um Leroy Jenkins roommate had came up to me sideways and said something about like, man. How you end up getting a driving job? You you over you done ran over a marker and end up getting to drive the engine over there at station two. I was like, well, man, if you was that if you was that runway marker, I'd run over you too. 
cut that, hey, that cut that mess out real quick. Right. Uh, oh, so, oh, okay. So you, you got jokes, man. Um, but yeah, man, that's the kind of culture we in. But like, don't take it personal. But at the same time, man, you if they gonna shoot from the hip, shoot shoot them back. Yeah, you, you, shoot you them to. back. You got to. Well, I think we should, you know, and not everything about the fire department is bad. And we can talk about the fun times we had, especially when we got the whole shift with our oh, little yeah. uh, our little wrestling matches. Oh man, you about you segue about what, what into what I wanted to talk about next. God doggone, a lot of the things that we had to do to pass time over there, include you know, like not including being on social media when we was off work. So um, you want to talk about our um, our our experience over there wrestling? Man, so we had. Let's see, we had um, these thin gym mats, I guess you would call them, if, if you would call them even mats. Those, when, I, when I fell on them, they didn't feel like uh, gym mats. But anyways, uh, what, I, I think we had like four of them, and they were pretty decent size. Yep. And uh, Frank and I, we talked about like, hey, you know, let's, let's do some wrestling, man. Like, we're over here, you know, it, it sucks. We're away from our families, our friends. Let's just let's just have a good time. So we uh, concocted this uh, plan to uh, have a wrestling match, and yeah. so we had the mat. We were like, all right, we're gonna do the mats here, and it was gonna get dark. So we even pulled our tender, which is our water, uh, our big water truck. We even pulled that off to the side, turned on its scene lights, so the lights were like flashing into us, and um, yep. we had our our um, uh, our AC. He came out and he was announcing. He was our he was our announcer. Our, yep. Our first station, match. Our station. Yep. Our station captain was. Um, he was, was on the announce team. He was on the announce team. Um, I had Hero. He was my manager. Uh, we had music, and we came yeah. out. We didn't really come up with like a huge plan to uh, we what just, moves we were gonna do and all that. Right. We just we just, we just kind of winged it. Right. Uh, right. Right. We, well, you bought. Did you you bought the belt while you were over there, or what? Yes, I bought the I bought the belt when I was over there because it was a birthday. WWE shop had a sale on it. It was the the for you guys that's that's wrestling fan. Well, a lot of everybody was wrestling fan in this time. It was during the Attitude Era. If y'all remember the the Smoking Skull Championship belt that Stone Cold had with the uh, with the big skull on it with the rattlesnake skin on the back. So mm-hmm. it was my 24th birthday, and I just decided to get a gift of myself. And once some of the guys at the station seen it and thought about how cool it was, oh, uh, Big Daddy V, the, the the station, the guy that I was telling you about that was lazy, he was a wrestling, he's a wrestling fan too. So that kind of sparked his interest. So that I believe that's kind of the reason why we got away with doing it a couple times. So yes. since we nobody got hurt, so. We decided, like, hey man, let's have a couple champion, let's have a championship match because if enough people got behind it, we was gonna just have a whole little league. So the first match that we had, like we said, Pigeon Man was the ring announcer, and it wasn't as elaborate as our rematch. So right, he came to hey, I'll say uh, Nevio was uh was Night Wolf, and then I was just acting <laughs> like some kind of foreign terrorist type dude because I had my face wrapped up and all that. You then, were <laughs> you were the mini me and Mal Yadim. Yep, <laughs> that's exactly the name. <laughs> oh, man, that's oh, God. crazy. And, yes, and it we, was wild. <laughs> we had we had our entrances. We came out. You know, we did some s- stupid moves. We were kind of quiet. We didn't really 
make a lot of noise like if we get hit you know yeah it was it was our first match so we were just like oh okay and you know it was fun um i think i uh i think i pinned you i i yep. uh, stomped a, i stomped a mud hole in you if i'm not mistaken <laughs> uh, i don't know <laughs> and, about that you had some help you had a little bit of help too but uh I think that I won the belt that night, didn't I? Yes, yes, you did. Uh, that night, you know, you was the, you know, of course, the heroic uh, good guy, or for the wrestling people that that's familiar with wrestling terms, he was the baby face, and I was playing heel, the bad guy. I was playing the typical. Well, I ain't gonna say the typical. I was playing kind of a uh, of a little cowardly heel, but at the same time, a sneaky. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, it was a couple. Yeah, I was the, playing the uh, heel that was getting cheap shots and all that stuff in because, like, right when the match, like, classic, like, getting classic heel heat, like, I nailed, I nailed him with the championship belt, like, right before the bell rang, so it wasn't disqualification, so they couldn't disqualify me. Right. <laughs> and then we was right. just over there just doing, hey, over there stomping mud holes each other. I was, he did the, <laughs> did the before Cesaro came on the scene. I want to say. Hey, did the swing. Well, I messed it up the first time, but the rematch, I got it right. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, did a couple little spots where I did the classic Ric Flair flop. Yeah. I act like I was going to walk out the uh, – just just say the heck with the match. I was going to walk out and try to get counted out because I could keep, still keep the belt on a count out. So well, uh, – mm-hmm. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. I was, I was just going to say when you threw me back in the ring and all that. Yeah. Well, what made it what made it good was that you were you were uh, you you didn't weigh very much, and yep. so I was able to like get you up and and you know slam you down, but obviously not hard because we weren't trying right. to kill each other. But uh, I mean, we had um, what was uh, Sergeant? I don't give a damn. What was his role? Uh, I think he was just chill. He had he was holding one of the cameras recording for us. Oh, that's right. And and then. Uh, Pigeon Killer was uh, was a referee. Referee, and then we had um, young young blood or whatever you wanted to call him. One blood, young blood, yeah, same yeah. difference. <laughs> he kept interrupting and coming yeah, in the match and he was, he was supposed the rock. Yep, yep, then, yep. He, yep, he was the rock's biggest. Hey, that was his man crush. Yes, it was. And then our second one, like literally, we had everybody on shift. <laughs> participated as they, they are participated whether it be just sitting there watching cheering on you know acting full everybody Every- and it, it made it fun yes but yes it man so much fun that first one like after uh young blood got up in there got involved man that match was wacky because man like at that point i got up and i had cl- hey, i had hit uh hit hit the bird killer with the uh with the championship belt like because i got frustrated because i started to exercise typical heel he like i got frustrated that i couldn't keep you down so yep. i told him i was insisting it was a three count so i was like okay i got some for you i went and clocked him with the belt that's when that's when everybody that's when uh that's when uh my old boy um uh hero had got in there and did, Set it's it's set in motion where you hit me with the tombstone and where you took uh, when you went over and won the championship, right? And then like you said, that we're supposed to have one like a couple like a couple weeks later, but some somebody decided to hide a belt, so they slowed down the momentum. But like a little bit afterward, that's when we had everybody on shift. That's when we pulled the tender out there, lit it up real nice. Yep. We yep. had Big Daddy V on commentary. 
uh old boy got on commentary i hey i cut like a shoot uh work shoot style promo on yep. everybody uh and, and then like that's when you interrupted and we just went at it that match was even wilder than the first yeah. one um and, and we were we were into the second match more for sure yes, yes it was it was so much better and i had and, that yeah. i had that I had that Spider-Man mask that I colored and made it though. I put my, uh, my, uh, what do you call it? Flash hood over it and just yep. came out acting like a fool, man. It was so much fun, man. And that's, yeah. I think you and I doing that, we, that's when, I mean, I would say even before our, our uh, friendship was, was, was good, but that definitely like, that, put that it made it top. better. Like, man, like you were somebody that, I can I would be able to be like, hey, remember this, remember this, and just call and just BS like like we're talking now. I mean, yep. honestly, we we text each other, but I haven't talked to you in yeah forever. we haven't yeah we haven't talked over the phone and this is our first time like actually talking in years, and that's the yes. reason this is going on so long. So, yeah. but man, it was so much fun because like all hell broke loose after that. You know, like after <laughs> you, you went over clean, got doggone. That's when young young blood got up and we started swinging chairs because I had took a chair, I think to the ref man. If you just go back and watch it, like just like how I man like with my character, even the, man like I took it to a point like even I wanted to do what. If you seen what I did, you wouldn't forget what happened. So yeah. So man, it was so much fun. I was stone cold stunnering people. You was over there beating up. <laughs> Everybody just it was just like a big brawl. And it's just sad that we never got to do a follow-up match because we wanted to do like a fatal four-way or something after that. Yeah, because I think we were gonna bring Young Blood or whatever you want to call him. We were yep. gonna bring him in to, to to do a match. And um I just remember Hero was his I was like, Well, you're my manager. I was like, What's your name? He's like, uh Phil Phillips. And I was like, that's the worst name you can think of. Like, that's the best you can think of. Phil Phillips. <laughs> And I remember him throwing in that. Uh, remember he threw that broomstick in, and it, I think that was our our first match. First and, like, and it, like it hit me. I'm like, did you just hit me with that? I'm like, what just happened? Like I was so confused. And then you you like clotheslined me in the first match, and I hit the I hit the uh, mat so hard that I it literally knocked the wind out of me, and I started coughing like crazy. I don't know if you remember that. Yes, I remember that. You was telling me after it was over with. I hit it. And I was like, oh. Because so I literally landed like flat on my back. You know, I was trying to sell it. Yeah. I was trying to make yeah, it look good. And a, I hurt myself. <laughs> took a damn good bump that one. It was so much fun, man. And I and I appreciate it. And that. Those are memories I'll never forget, man. Exactly. Really good time. I'm so glad that we, I still got the video to that. So I think one day I'm going to take time and edit it and actually make it look like a clean it up and make it look like a WWF type match. From back in that time, got dog on Phil Phillips. He sounded like a jobber from. He sounded like enhancement talent or or yeah. jobber uh, from, from from the eighties. That Hulk Hogan Phil or somebody Phillips. was. Yeah, hey, hey that sounded like a name that dog on Undertaker beat like when he first debuted <laughs> in the WWF. And his opponent Phil Phillips, like wow, that's yeah, he didn't even get a ring introduction. No, he didn't. Oh, it was so funny, man. <laughs> oh just, man, it was, just, it was just good times, man. Yes, sir. And, and, and like I was saying, we haven't talked and just going over all this stuff, man, it's it's, it's awesome to just reminisce and, and, and laugh. And my stomach's hurting because I've been laughing, man. It's it, it's right. good stuff. 
I appreciate you bringing me on this. I really do, man. Man, there's no problem. And then we're almost at the end. It's um, it's uh, like two more subjects I want to talk about. And then we're about to get on up off here. Um, right. we, we, we've been joking around a little bit now. So we're about to get a little bit serious, man. So, hey, man, you remember how, like, when, when it came to, like, the calls and, like, when it actually came to the work, like, how did it go? Hey, like, yeah, like, you know, like the pace of everything, man. How did you remember everything, man? Um, well, we weren't, uh, we weren't very busy, um, but we had a lot of those, uh, depend on what station you're at, I should say. Um, mm -hmm. the one station, uh, what was the one that, uh, that hero was at most of the time? Two. He was over there at two okay. and he went to one. Yeah. So I think he's not, not three. I want to say three, 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 three. Oh, I'll take oh, it back. Three. Three, three's the one that were by the coalition compound, right? Yes. Okay. And then station one was the big one where we yep. were all at. Yep, flight okay. line. So the two, um, station two, I mean, we ha we got a lot because that's where, that was where everybody was working at. That's like where all the buildings where people were working. So, you know, yep. more injuries happen that way, cutting themselves or uh, falling, stuff like that. But, I mean, we weren't really, uh, we weren't really too, too busy. Um, uh, do you recall, like, wh what do you think was our biggest call that we had? Bruh, uh, I'll sit here and say, I'll put it like this, man. It was, before I get into that, like, some of the days that we had, I could just, you know, we, you know, when we went getting all of, like, the false alarm calls and then getting some more serious calls, it was times where you could just feel, like, the calm before the storm. Yes. And then probably, like, a, you know, like, later that shift or, like, two shifts later. Man, you can just 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 feel it just just pick up. So some of the biggest some of the bigger calls I remember going on out there. I went to a Humvee fire where we uh, uh, ex uh used one of those purple K, one of those uh, purple yeah purple K extinguishers. Yeah, I got a little bit of that stuff on me. Um, I remember going to a big fuel spill over at the A pod area. Mm -hmm. Uh, I went to uh. I'm gonna get you gonna remember this one too when I get to it, but uh, I'm just naming off some of some of the ones that was kind of serious and going into like some of the more crazier ones. So I think I even oh man, I remember responding to a fire over there near Tent City, like not too far from like where um like the Tent BX and the uh, CC was at. Yeah. I remember going over there because uh the airline on our tr on the engine had broke because I thought we had ran out of air because I was blowing on the horn so much. I remember responding to some over there. It was one time at the um, when we was over there at Station Three filling in for uh, D Road, the D Road the Hero them, um, um, over the you know and they went over to state you know to District Two for something. Right. Uh, it was a smoke was coming from one of the uh, tents over there, in uh, not one of the tents, one of the trailers. So the boy, the boy Leroy uh, Jenkins, man, this was for a day where he had gained a lot of respect for me and then uh i got a i was i was almost fed up with just driving so they had got a call and and leroy was telling me like he was trying to tell me like what was the best way to do it. he's trying to tell me to get like run a three inch off the side and hook up a hotel pack but i was gonna try to you know pull the truck in a little bit closer where they could run the hand lines off the truck but that was the wrong call so right. the douchebag for a crew chief that we had at the time was just trying to go off on him. I just, I just had enough. I'm like, look, he ain't had nothing to do with it. He talked, he tried to tell me, he tried to tell me to do that. I made the call that I thought was right. 
So yeah. he, you know, he backed off, and I was I was heated. Like, I mean, you know, this is my first. I'm glad it wasn't a serious fire or nothing. And you know, this like, you know, on that deployment was like my first time really driving, and he was the reason that I hated driving for people at that point. Right. I was so, you know, it just it just did something to me. So he ended up getting a lot of respect from him. And his staff sergeant uh, that was working in prevention, that was, uh, you know, from uh, the same base as Leroy out of, uh, you know, that was out of McGuire, old Goofy. Oh, oh, this dude, hey, you'll know who I'm talking about when I say he, hey, he was very witty. If you, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. He, you know, he was, he was, te- you know, he was, you know, calming, calming Leroy down too. And I, you know, I, I told him, like I told Leroy, I wasn't, nah. That was my fault. I'm not gonna let you take the fall for that. But uh, you know, it it was just like it wasn't nothing too serious. Then we um, then we also had um, some other calls. I remember those fires. It was a couple of little fires, and then um, man, I know you remember this right here. You remember those two shifts in a row that they had that munition drop? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I couldn't. I've been on a few deployments, so I was. I, sometimes I get the calls uh, a little mixed up, but yes, two shifts in a row that somebody dropped a 500-pound bombs off the yes. aircraft or off the loader, and you're like, "How the heck does that happen?" Yes, because yes. uh, I, I remember the first man. I remember the first time that happened because, like, what station two at? It's not too far away from the gate. We was a little bit closer to the gate to get into the um, to the airfield than they was at station one. They had one that's not too far, but like with the area where all the aircraft and everything was loading it. It was closer right. to us. So I'm not going to lie. When they said that we was on, we just stayed on standby station two. I kind of just stayed in the bed. Right. So I ain't going to lie. I was low key. Uh, you know, I wasn't scared, but at the same time, I'm like, I won't be surprised if I hear boom. And right. I don't know how close we is to this, but um, this may be it. Well, this might be the one. Well, I, I remember not- like a thousand foot cordon we had to do. Yeah. You remember that? I remember hearing about it. You know, we didn't leave the station, so we didn't get to see anything that was going on with that. So, so well, we had to pull up. We had to pull up, and we had to sit there and wait and wait, dude. That was like a five or six hour call. We yeah. Had to wait for, we had to wait for EOD to show up and uh, uh, say that oh, the, the the bombs are they're good, they're picked up, they're good to go, and then it happened again. You're like, how? Very next shift. Somebody's getting fired. No there's, doubt. There's no, there's no way this is happening right now. No doubt. That was like, because, you know, because after that, sh- after that crap happened, I was sitting there thinking like, I don't know what made me think of like, man, ain't no way in the heck this can happen two shifts in a row. Or like, man, I was thinking like, man, it'll be some crap if this mess happened right here again. Sure enough, it happened again. Yeah. That's unheard of. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh it was one more that was kind of serious. I was going to tie the, the bird killer and uh, another guy that we didn't get to mention up in here just yet. Um, oh, walrus up in here. Um, we had a, it was an IFE. That's when like the uh, Marines was bringing in those Harriers and they had yep. to catch the barriers. Oh, yeah. So they caught the tape one day and it was just pandemonium because we rarely ever did that. And then yep. somebody actually broke the, uh, you, you know, before they got permission from the flight line, I think somebody actually did a, 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 a runway incursion going out there because I had drove because I remember, you know, I stopped on the solid line side and then, you know, we got permission to go. 
somebody in the crash truck, I remember, just shot on out there and wasn't supposed to do it. So, uh, the uh, I was going to say, douchebag, he was uh, the one that was, you know, like when it was time to wind the barrier up. Like, he was the one, control, you know, like with the call and, you, you know, like giving us the signals. And I was relaying the signals to the people who was running the tapes inside the thing. But right. what made me mad was like, it was just pandemonium. People ain't know what they was doing. We was tired. We was just out there scratching the tape out, you know, flipping it, make sure it was on the right, you know, on the right side before it starts. Right. You know, and you know, uh, old Walrus over there barking orders at Bird Killer. Bird Killer over there just, just getting mad at him, trying to go off on him. I was like, hey, hey, look, 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 look. Hey, man, ain't no right now, man. Hey, don't. Hey, I know, I know you got beef with him. Just calm down right now. Just go ahead and let's go ahead and get this done. And then well, you can take hey. your frustrations out on them later. Cause like I was doing what I could to help run, you know, like flip it over and everything. Cause like the tape got so close to my ear at one point, like behind my ear, it nicked it and left a little bit of a, you know, like road rash on it. Right. So it, you know, it scratched me kind of good back there. But you know, the pilots from there came by the station. They gave us a patch off the uniform. Mm-hmm. And um mm-hmm. and deputy from um you know, you know the, the one from Grand Forks, man. That was like one of the few times that, like, somebody like that actually came down and personally said, like, you know, that I could believe that, like, he appreciated the work that we did. Because I remember him saying, like, man, good job out there, you know, doing what you had to do out there, Franklin, this, that, and the third. That was the yeah. only time in my military career that I knew for a fact that that I did something that, you know, a higher up actually legitimately appreciated. Yeah. So, yeah, you don't get those praises very much. Nah. So, man, when we worked, we worked. Yes, we did. So, man, and then that was another one of them hundred degree days out there, man. It was, it was brutal. Yeah. It was brutal. And then we had to, we had to stay in, uh, I think in at least our bunker pants. So it was pretty hard running around with those, uh, clunky heavy boots on. Trying mm-hmm. to, so, you know, that wore a lot of us out. So, and then all of dumb calls through the night because of dust getting in smoke detectors and all that stuff and man get a lot of those those calls that are just like really why are we responding you know exactly this is, this is ridiculous exactly and then you know we did become close like when they put us on the truck together when we would rotate out who a crew and who would drive and all that stuff yeah. that was fun it was short lived but it was fun doing that yeah, it was and then uh what i was about to say oh man like how we just came up with code names to talk about stuff i hated the fact that you knew somebody was gonna get some crap talked on the radio and it's like uh switch the channel to hazmat everybody would just turn in the hazmat so i remember hero he came up with this i remember him talking about this like whenever we talk about we need to go to hazmat or something we need to say something about getting water so Another one of the guys that was at station two, because we was walking to the little tent city BX over there to get something, some snacks and take it back to two. Yeah. I, I heard you come over the radio one night saying like um, something about the water was the code name to go to the hazmat. I was like, hey, man, go to hazmat. He's like, what? Man, listen, just go to hazmat. We was being nosy because I was one of the few people who knew about that. Right. So I put them. I can't remember if it was Leroy or or was it um uh, another guy out of my night. Uh, old Smithers out of my night. I can't remember if it was him. It was one of those two that I was putting on game about the water thing. So that's how it kept a lot of people out of business. But I put somebody on game by that. Like, 
they talking about filling up truck reservings, you know, like something odd with water with the truck. That just right. meant go to hands, man. <laughs> yep, I remember that. Oh, oh. Someone's like, uh, uh, crash four, can you go to hazmat? And then, like, everybody switched over, like, hey, duh, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, yeah, we got to come up with something better, man. <laughs> Everyone's listening. Exactly. Like, man, everybody ain't need to know what the hell was going on. No. But, yeah, man, it, it was it, 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 it was good times over there. Um, it started to wear on us towards the end. But, like, once the new crew came there, we really just laid just like I know I really kicked back then and just like once I seen the light at the end of the tunnel because like throughout like a lot of it was a lot of good because I'm not gonna lie like within that first couple weeks it was an honor having you know the three-star general general lieutenant general Goldfein at the time you know he came by there he um you know we gave him a demonstration he actually got to drive you know like drive the fire truck that I was driving you know shooting water out of it uh, uh, Smithers, Sergeant, Sergeant, you know, I don't give a give a what. Me and then another guy that was a it, that was uh that was forward deploying from like um another guy out of Minot. You know, we all got coins and everything. And your boy DSP, when he reenlisted over there, we nobody liked it, this guy because he would just. If you ever met a corporate brown noser, if you ever thought you met one, you never met one until you met that guy. So he went out of his way. The only time he switched stations was for one day. He got that same lieutenant general I was talking about to do his reenlistment. And then he got to go back to the station that he was at. Athens. Well, we were so pissed at him, man. Man. We were so because they came down, all right, we gotta we gotta clean the trucks, we gotta clean the station, and 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 he's over there ironing his top, and we're like, what are you doing? I'm just making sure I look good. Like, no, man, this is for you. You need to go over and you need to um, start cleaning the trucks. This is for you, man. This ain't for nobody else. I remember that's uh-huh. what Bald Blanca, man. He he was fired up and he went off and yelled at him like, uh-uh. If you're and this is for you, you better be out there cleaning the trucks with us. I don't blame. And, and the fire fire chief was so mad. Like, you went above my head and called the the commander of the base like, mm-hmm. uh, the, of the AOR <laughs> not yeah, just the yeah, base yeah exactly you're like really dude like what what were you thinking uh, i still never i still never understood that just trying to one up somebody but hey well it's probably to him now it's probably worth it to him cuz i mean now he's chief of staff of air force of the air force so <laughs> I mean, but that's that, that, that was pretty cool, you know, just thinking about that. We got to meet the future chief of staff. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. he's the the big dog of the Air Force now. So that that that's crazy. The kind of people yeah. that you meet over there. And then but yeah, man, he, yeah, he it, 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 he just infuriated us with that because uh, I can I can uh, I can hear him saying like, oh, um, I'm, 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 I'm over here getting my top ready uh, for the um for um, uh, for for my reenlistment, man. If you don't get your butt over here and doggone, <laughs> you better be helping, bro. Exactly, man. He, man, that just, oh, that just rubbed us all the wrong way. But it's stuff like that. And then, man, you remember um, 
a little bit after before we had to leave, we had or or a little bit after when we got back to the states, how, how much we found that how much of a health hazard that station was, all that carbon dioxide and carbon yeah, monoxide and the mold and the asbestos they found in that place. Well, I I uh, filled out the um, uh, because we we were by the station where they came and the, all the medical stuff that they'd yep. burn up in the in the burn pits. We were we were literally right next door to them over at that other station. So I filled mm-hmm. out that burn. I I went to the burn pit registry and I I filled all that stuff out. I don't know if you did, but no, did, I didn't know about probably, that. Yeah, it'd probably be a good idea for you to do it, just in case you know, because for us, you know, cancer is a, it's a high risk, is a big thing, for, very high risk in, in our uh, in our field. So yeah, it'd be it'd be a good idea. I'll, after this is over, I'll uh, I'll send you the stuff for it. Yeah, do that. Do that because. Um... Cause what I did, I did make sure I got like the paperwork and everything from over there is, you know, it's with my medical records. And then, cause like when I was looking through the stuff, I seen something about restrictive lung disease or some mess on was marked on mine. I'm like, wait, wait, what? They yeah. never told me about this. Yeah. So and, and you you sent me all this stuff too. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I, that. I, I didn't say I didn't say none of it. Yeah, and I think I had to dig through to find some of that stuff again, but. Yeah, I yeah I made sure I saved that stuff because because man, like I came in contact with all with that I could you know that that fuel spill I I don't remember if it was JP eight or diesel fuel like when, when we went to the A pod that time because like I was walking around in it my gloves my work gloves got soaked in it and then um you know from when we put that Humvee fire out that uh halon of that purple K I can't remember which one you know which kind of extinguisher that we used it was yeah. that and then just being in that station for those short little time for that short little time man we was we was exposed to a lot of nasty stuff over there yeah we were yeah, uh, yeah, yeah there's a lot that was like the that place was like the hub for other bases too yeah sending, sending all those stuff over uh, different chemicals and foams and all that crap yeah yeah, man, and then that's pretty much winding down like um, our time over there. We didn't pretty much hit like just about everything. So, man, so like with um, life and everything after you know, like after the deployment, after the military, like like after that deployment, like just giving a brief summary, like how your military career went after that, and just career in general, man. What had happened with you after that, man? When we got well, back, so, so we got back. Um, well, actually, before be- right before we left. Uh, my wife and I, we closed on a house. So it was literally like the day before I, we closed on the house and I knew I was deploying and I had to get them to rush to um, mm-hmm. get this house closed. I was like, look, I'm deploying. I need to get all my stuff together. So we, the builder actually let us put all of our stuff in the uh, garage. So my wife and them were sleeping and I stayed up even though I knew I had to leave like at three in the morning, I stayed up till three and I moved all of our big stuff into the house. So she didn't have to do that. Um, right. so, so when I got back, I was coming back to, uh, to a new, uh, a new place, uh, um, you know, a place that I'm not familiar with and yeah. it was a brand new house, but I was like, I really haven't been in there. So I had to learn everything about my house. You know what I mean? What it was like to be a homeowner because we just rented and so that was a big change, um, but I still stayed in the military. I got out um, actually in 2016, okay. and uh, 
I was, I, I, my only duty station was here in McCord. Um, oh, it was just McCord. Technically, when I got to, when I got there um, in 09, it was just McCord. And then 2010 is when they started transitioning to uh, Joint Base Lewis-McCord. Lewis being Fort Lewis, the Army base, which is literally right next door to us. Um, right. So, now it's now it's Joint Base Lewis McCord, aka JBLM. Um, but yeah, so I got out in 2016. Um, I was wondering, I didn't know what to do. I was like, man, I really want to get out because they got rid of all the Air Force firefighters at uh, JBLM. So they were like, our commander said, you can either get out or you can, um, you know, you, you might not get your base of preference, but um, you, you can get out early if you wanted. And I'm like, man. I really like it here. You know, I, I just got a house or I, not just at the time, but I have a house, you know, I'm like, I want to just, I want to stay here in Washington. I feel like we, we were going to church um, and we really liked the church. I'm like, I felt God was saying, Hey, you, you're staying here, buddy. You, you ain't going nowhere. So I just, I put all my faith in him, man. And I said, you know what? Um, I, I asked my commander, I said, here, here's my early separation paperwork. And he's like, okay. He's like, um, the only thing is, if you separate early, uh, which they called Palace Chase, um, you have to do your remainder of your time in the reserves. It's doubled. So I had a year and a half left on my contract for the Air Force active duty, and I went into the reserves, and so they doubled it. So I had three years that I had to do in uh, the reserves. And um, then I went to the uh, VA um, and um, got some disability from the VA for my time in the military. And um, I told my chief, I said, hey, um, I'm making this much for the VA. And he said, okay. I said, I'd like to get out of the reserves. And he said, filled out the paperwork. Here you go. I literally went two months in the reserves, and I got out. And then um, I went to a place called Wake Island, and it's between Japan and um, the U.S. It's literally right in the right in the middle, and it was a, a refueling um, base for back in World War II. So these dudes would fly over Wake Island, fill up, and then fly over and bomb Japan. So um, I think it was World War II. I'm not good with my history stuff anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's that's about right. That sounds about right. Okay. So, anyways, and I stayed over there for. Uh, two months. It was just a two-week thing, and I was waiting to hear back from JBLM because once all the Air Force guys left, all those openings, there was like, I think there was a, at least 15 openings. So I applied for it. I didn't make the first round. Um, so I was waiting for, to hear back from the second round, and I kept asking the chief over there at Wake Island, I'm like, can I just stay? <laughs> and he was like, well, you're already here. You might as well. So I, I stayed for two, uh, I think, it was right around two months over at Wake Island and they called me on a Friday, a Thursday or Friday and said, Hey, you got the job. Do you want it? I'm like, yeah. She's like, well, you're starting Monday. And it just so happened the plane from Wake Island, literally Wake Island's in the middle of the water. So planes only come there every two weeks. So uh -huh. the two weeks that, that two weeks was coming up. So the plane was coming in that Saturday. So I got on the plane Saturday from Wake Island Came home, you know, hadn't seen my wife and kids for a little bit, but I was thankful I had a job and had some income. And uh, that was for Sunday. And then Monday I started back at JBLM where I was, but now as a civilian. And 
that was in 2016. So I'm still there now, and I absolutely love it. I love the area. I love Washington. I miss I miss Colorado. Um, but other than that, man, I, everything's been good. God has blessed my family and I uh, so much, and I, I couldn't be happier, to be honest with you. Man, I can relate. I can relate, but man, I can relate. But as long as you, hey, at the at, at the end goal, as long as you're happy, you're able to do what you need to do. That's all that matters. Yeah, man. And 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 one more thing I'd like to say is that for the people that were in the military, if you haven't filed or if you're in the military now um, and you get hurt while you're on the job, make sure you get that put in your medical records and get it taken care of by the VA because that's something you earn and that's something you deserve. So uh, go file for that VA uh, once you get out because it is, you know, I, I jacked up a lot of things when I was in the military. Um, be it uh, body parts, you know, I've hurt myself really bad, and, uh, and you get compensated for that. And I, it's, it's a program that's out there that, um, you know, it, you're not taking advantage of it because it's out there for you. So if you serve your country, you deserve this uh, compensation. So uh, I tell everybody, you know, if you're in the military now, keep that stuff in your records. And when you get out, make sure you go to the VA and get that compensation. And if you've already been out for a while, there's ways to get your medical records if you don't have them. And you can do, um, there's a process, but you can uh, get all that stuff and uh, and get compensated by the VA, man. And it it, it it helps you out. So that's just my little uh, my little two cents on that. Yeah, that's, that's some good advice because I, I need to follow up on some of my VA stuff personally myself, but... Yeah, you if you for you military guys that's out there, take advantage of that. Or if there's anybody that's just listening to us, you know, us talk about our military days and have taken some from it and learned from it, uh, I'll give a closing remark with that too. Like, make sure you, you know, if you're going in and you want to do it, make sure you're going in with a clear mind and know what you want to do it for. Keep your nose clean, and at least in three, you know, if you to get out in three or four years, you have your full GI bill and most of yep. all your VA benefits, so it won't be all for nothing. So, well, and and I and I've used that GI bill, and technically, I am a gunsmith because I took a gunsmithing class just because I could. <laughs> you know what I mean? I got the right. I got to build it. I got to build an AR-10. I'll, I'll send you the pictures, but I built myself an AR-10 and a 50 cal muzzle loader. It is super cool, man. I'll send you the picture, but just Please stuff, do that. stuff like that. And I, I earn, I earn that because I served my country. I might, I might not have gone off to war and shot people and did all this crazy stuff, but I still served and I served faithfully. And I, you know, those rights are there for you. Those benefits are there for you. So why not? Why not take them? Why not uh, give what they're giving? You know, they're pretty much handing them out. Here you go. Here's your GI Bill. Here's VA benefits. Take advantage of that. They're there for you. That's why they're there. Exactly. Because um, not, uh, just to add to that real quick, is like how I pay for my CDL, I pretty much use my GI Bill. The only gray area I had, like when I, my very first week of CDL school, it started when I was on terminal leave and it ended. And I just only had to pay that little bit out of pocket. So it's it's, it's truth to what we're saying about that GI Bill. So yeah. that's all we pretty much got. I'm about to give you this closing just reminding y'all just sit everybody need to just sometimes just need to sit back especially with this craziness going on right now just sit back relax take a deep breath and take everything one one day at a time man we out